you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Six. DJ Bucky, Rhett, back with you today. Uh, we have, uh, we've got a lot to get to, including a Monday night game and some trade deadline stuff, which, Buck, uh, leads me to the question. If you could trade Rhett, uh, would you trade him, or are we going to keep him and continue to try and build on what we're doing here with the pod? Oh, wow. so look, I'm a developmental guy, so I believe in keeping and developing. I believe like we can take him where he is and try and find a way to put him in his best light. So, yeah, we'll keep him. We'll hold on to him. We won't let him go elsewhere. We'll continue to try and salvage what we can get from Rhett. I'm told that I have an untradeable contract. So, that's for you guys. No trade clause, boys. Sorry. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Uh, Rhett's sticking around. Uh, all right, let's jump into this. It's time for Monday Night Recap. That was kind of a surprising game, I would say, with the Minnesota Vikings, even though they were at home, and even though the 49ers were without Debo Samuel. A game that the Minnesota Vikings kind of controlled throughout. Uh, I, I guess let's start on the on the Vikings side of things here, Buck. Uh, just biggest takeaways on a night where Kirk Cousins uh, played pretty darn well. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Jordan Addison showed up and showed up in a big way. Uh, I felt like Kevin O'Connell was in his bag from the beginning of the game. Did a really good job of creating opportunities for Jordan Addison to utilize the route running and stuff that we talked about when we evaluated him coming out of USC. And it's another confirmation that when you're evaluating wide receivers, go for the guys that are the craftsmen, the skilled guys, the guys that understand how to get open. Because what he was able to do on Monday night really displayed all the things that you want to see from a high-end receiver over and over and over again. He worked and got open, and Kirk Cousin found him, and it looked easy. I can only imagine what this team may look like down the stretch when Justin Jefferson comes back and Jordan Addison is able to kind of take this momentum that he's created and build upon that confidence that is beginning to show up in his play. Yeah, and I love the competitiveness uh, that we saw from him. Obviously got kind of out-muscled in a tough, uh, tough kind of contested catch scenario with Traverius Ward on one play and then bounced right back and ripped the ball away from Ward and then went in for the score. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, and I guess um, I don't mean to spoil our next uh, segment coming up here, but I think we can uh, temper down the trade talk of all the Vikings players right now with the way that they've played the last couple of weeks. It uh, feels like they've uh, they've got something that they can try to build on here moving forward. I, w- I would look at this from the defensive side, DJ, and then kick it over to you because I, I know that you've had a chance to see this Brian Flores Vikings defense yeah. as they played the Chargers a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, it just felt like they were going to you know sell out against the run, right? And they, they were going to do everything they could to kind of sh- shut down that outside zone from the Niners and and keep K- Christian McCaffrey uh, under wraps for most of the game. And to do that, they brought in the beef. Right. They, you know, essentially played with five down linemen. Uh, you and I were kind of talking and then, you know, had Jordan Hicks and then brought, you know, their nickel back in as kind of a linebacker role there, too. And so, you know, they wanted to occupy those offensive linemen of the 49ers and just make things difficult for McCaffrey to find some of those those seams and those gaps um, as he's kind of stretching things out wide. So I, I just thought that 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 game plan ended up working out really well, I think, especially DJ against a team without Debo Samuel on this night. 
Yeah, no, Debo. Look, the the Vikings without Justin Jefferson is the biggest loss of anybody that wasn't playing in this game. Sure, so for them sure. to still get that win is huge. But to go back to your point on the way they are playing with Brian Flores, I saw it, you know, in the Charger game in, in there in person, where Keenan Allen had a zillion catches um, in that ball game because that's the way they, it looks like a punt rush when they get up to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. They are going to not only use that to try and eliminate the run, discourage you from running the ball, but also I, you know, look, they have one big time rusher. Uh, and Daniel Hunter, but I don't think they love their rush group that they have. So they win with numbers, and they play aggressive, and they're going to come after you down after down after down. They're going to try and speed the quarterback up. And watching this game, I you know, look, I thought uh, Purdy played okay. I didn't think it was a terrible game for him when you go through it. He has the two picks. One uh, almost looked like a little miscommunication mm-hmm. on a dig route uh, with Jennings, and then the other one was late. Uh, but it, he completed a lot of balls. I, I was just looking at this going, Okay, do they have somebody that can make you pay for playing this style? Like Keenan Allen with the Chargers, he was able to make them pay for playing that way. I, I you know, as good as all their skill guys are, Buck, I, I almost wonder if at the deadline, and we'll get to trades here in a little bit in this next segment, but mm-hmm. it almost feels like, man, they're missing somebody that can really make you pay for playing like that, whether it's just an over-the-top big time speed guy or what have you. I mean, they hit McCaffrey out and that was a jailbreak and he got out and was gone. Uh, but they've got to find a way to make people pay for playing that aggressive with their front. For all the things I love about the 49ers offense, it's an offense that is more dependent upon the play caller more so than the playmakers, meaning uh, a lot of the stuff that they do in the passing game is Kyle Shanahan's uh, creativity and his genius that creates those big plays. But what they don't have is what we saw on the other side of Jordan Addison, like a pure route runner. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk are great uh, catch and run playmakers, but they're not necessarily the guys that you line up on the backside and say, hey, run these exotic routes to create space and separation. They are missing that difference maker, that vertical threat, that guy that can give you the home run ball, that can keep the defense from creeping up. It's something that they certainly should explore at the trade deadline because we saw in this game, man, they made them play half-court basketball and they could not move the ball down the field consistently throughout the game. Yeah, and, and just kind of getting back to the the point on, you know, being without Debo, I wonder if that affect their personnel groupings, you know, in this matchup. Because, you know, they do run some 11 personnel, right? Uh, 21 and 11 are kind of the way in which they operate. And then we only saw about 11 snaps of 11 personnel in this game, only ran it out of that three times. I thought that maybe it might help kind of loosen up the way that, you know, the Vikings were trying to play them with so many big guys up front. If you could bring in, you know, and start to convert a little bit, you know, using 11, uh, kind of lighten up the box a little bit, then maybe try to find a way to run it that way. Um, just didn't didn't end up working um, working the way that they wanted to execute it uh, against this Vikings defense. But yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. You know, I, I, you know, the way that the 49ers have had to operate depth-wise at wide receiver the last couple of years, whether it's Ayuk that's been nicked up or Debo Samuel, does kind of feel like maybe they could use an extra body in there and, and then certainly one that can exercise some speed down the field too. So um, maybe that's something we'll get into here when we start talking trades. Yeah, we'll get to the trades just a moment. I, I do want to swing back to the Vikings. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention uh, yeah. as well. You talked about Cousins. I don't want to sell him short on how well he's played. Played uh, very obviously, well. Obviously, you know, I don't see he's he's not going anywhere at the deadline, and I'd be surprised if he goes anywhere in the offseason. Minnesota's not going to find a better player than him at that position at this time. Uh, they're just not. He's playing like a top 10 guy. And when you look mm-hmm. at this offense now, when you saw it last night against that 49ers front, 
Derisaw is a really good young left tackle. O'Neill is a really good right tackle. He's 28 years old. You you've, uh, make that trade for Hawkinson. He's a top five tight end in this league. You've got Jefferson's the premier wideout. Now it looks like Jordan Addison is a two plus. You know he could be a you know one of the best twos in the league, and he's probably a one for some teams. Like they have the makings of a really really good offense. And we always say, Buck, uh, get it to you on this one. But we've always talked about the running back position, and we've said you know it's not. It's not a simple answer in terms of what you invest in that position. It's not the same for every team. Believe it, if you have a constructed team that's ready to win right now, at that mm-hmm. point in time, if you want to drop a running back in where all four or five of those premier years to start his career are meaningful, then go ahead and do it. Um, that's why, to me, I think this Vikings team's ready. That offense, you drop a premier back in there. I think they're twenty. I think they're 29th in rushing or 28th in rushing in the didn't league. They, they're only averaging uh, – Didn't they have one? Not much. Mm-hmm. Didn't they have? Yeah, him? Oh, well, but but that, Dalvin's not Red, that I was guy thinking, anymore. You watch uh, Dalvin with the Jets; he's uh, I mean, not that guy. Yeah, I, I was thinking. Well, I mean, they they kind of had one, but no. But you, but you're right, and that's why they went out and tried to get Cam Akers. They're trying to find someone yeah. that can do it. Madison played uh, better last night, but he still doesn't have the juice. But if you put a legitimate five star running back behind this team with the, what they have on the perimeter, yeah, it gives gives opponents problems. Um, when I think about the Vikings and I think about where they're going. They've lost four one-score games. Last year, all those things went in their favor. They're not far off. The one thing that I will say about nope. this, because talking to Vikings officials uh, in the summertime when we went up for uh, training camp, they talked about how last year the Niners came up and beat them up. And so this was a yeah. test of their physicality and toughness. There's no doubt in my mind that Brian Flores' presence, his arrival, has changed some of the tenor in terms of how the Vikings play. They may have taken a step back early this year, but keep an eye on them. This team may be one of the teams that kind of sneaks in the back door in the postseason because they're playing good defense and they've adopted more of a tough guy persona. Yeah, and what's one of those things we say is uh, is kind of you know roster builders. You know, the, it's never a finished product, right? You're always looking, always yeah. looking, and you know credit to the Vikings personnel department for going to get Dalton Reisner off the scrap heap. Guy played all 66 snaps. Uh, this last week in his second game with the Vikings, and they did not allow a sack against this uh, 49ers, you know, vaunted defensive front, Nick Bosa. And they allowed some pressures. You know, Kirk got hit a couple of times, but for the most part, they did a pretty dang good job against one of the league's best fronts. And, um, you know, they didn't run the ball a ton, but the fact that you can keep Kirk upright, though, as many times as he threw it, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, to that point, they run it uh, fewer than any uh, fewer times a game yeah. than any team in the league. So they they are, I think it's 19 <laughs> attempts a game. So they are not running the ball. It is all on Kirk Cousins. And uh, you know, look, he's he's delivered, and this team is right in the thick of it right now, right where they want to be. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this trade discussion off, and right where we just left off, talk about the Vikings maybe needing something, maybe being buyers instead of uh, sellers. I've got a name for you. Uh, we'll get to that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
All right, I talked about uh, the Vikings, uh, a team that could be in the market for a trade. Keep in mind, we're a week away here. October 31st is the trade deadline. So we're going to go through a bunch of names and some teams that could be buyers and maybe see if we can't play a little matchmaker here. Again, this is not based off any inside information that any of the three of us have, uh, just things that we would like to see. And uh, Rhett, I'll get it to you on my thought with the Minnesota Vikings that we just, just to kind of pull that together here. Um, You look at that offense. And then all of a sudden, when you get mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson back and you've got Addison going and you've got Hawkinson going and you can pass protect, and all of a sudden we want to check the ball down, and all of a sudden now I'm checking the ball down to Saquon Barkley instead of Alexander Madison. What oh, does that look like buddy. for the Minnesota Vikings? That's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I mean, with the it's way the Vikings one. season or the uh, the Giants season has certainly been trending and with Daniel Jones out, and uh, although they did just get a win over the Commanders this last week, you, you just don't know what that long-term prognosis is. So I think they're one of those teams, the Giants, it feels like, that are kind of in no man's land right now. Like, do you feel like this thing is lost or in the next couple of weeks before this deadline comes up, if you can really turn it around, then maybe that slows uh, some of that momentum on that conversation. But I, I like the idea you're going with there. Um, you know, the Broncos are a real interesting one um, here because, you know, Sean Payton has talked about not throwing up white flags and, you know, not wanting to, to be, you know, sellers and, and just, uh, you know, have a garage sale with that team and those roster parts there. But there are some intriguing pieces. You know, you think about teams that, that are in the market for left tackles. You know, Garrett Bowles has got one year left on his deal and it's not, you know, incredibly beyond this year. It's not incredibly, um, you know, tough to deal with. For a, for a good left tackle, what if you what if you worked a one for one deal here? Chase Young is playing, um, you know, in his last year. They didn't climb the fifth year option. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Broncos have sent essentially all of their edge rushers out. Von Miller's gone. Bradley Chubb's gone. What what if you worked a deal where you sent Bowles to the Commanders, who have given up the most sacks in all of football, and then you bring Chase Young in on essentially a prove it for the final second half of the season? Plays well, maybe you can get him back on one of those one-year deals. I don't know, just just kind of spitballing with a with a one-for-one deal, which we don't see too often. Look, man, I, I like that. I, I think the Washington Commanders certainly should be auctioning off some of their their pieces. Chase Young is a is a viable one. I think Montez Sweat is another one. Now, I would like to go back to Minnesota because you guys talk about sure. Minnesota's offense. I'm trying to find a complimentary pass rusher for Daniil Hunter. I know they got Marcus Davenport, but if this team is able to eke out a couple of wins and get back into the mix another pass rusher would do wonders for this thing. So think about a high-energy guy like Montez Sweat being able to play with the Neil Hunter and what they could do in that cover zero bluff and blitz scheme. I like Montez Sweat coming off the edge. I would like to see him play for a team that maybe wins some games. I saw Jonathan Allen's frustration. I was sure that Montez Sweat shares some of those sentiments because he hasn't won a lot since he's been in D.C. Yeah, no, no, let me get on both those real quick here. Uh, going yeah. back to Rhett's... Um, with Garrett Bowles, I think he has another year left on his contract. So he does. You'd One be more. getting, yeah. you'd be getting Chase Young in a rental year where you're you're trying. To me, I think the Broncos are looking to the future. They want assets. I agree for the future. I agree. To me, yeah, yeah. That that would be. That's why to me, like if you're going to say Garrett Bowles to me, I'm I'm more Garrett Bowles to the Jets for a draft pick. Uh, where they sure. have some insurance now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a right. They can play him at right. They can play him at left. If Mekhi Becton doesn't stay healthy, you've got an option there. I think that would be some insurance. And think about Hackett. Even though Bowles was hurt last year, Hackett would have some knowledge and information there on Garrett Bowles. And then Bucky's on uh, on the Vikings. I love that idea of trying to go out and get an edge rusher to complement Daniil Hunter. Uh, the Vikings, when you look at the space, according to Spot Track, they have uh, – 
Uh, they have the eighth most cap space right now. They have 10 million. Um, but I always caution people when you're when you're looking up cap numbers and saying teams can or can't make a deal. Uh, just keep in mind here, Rhett, as you raise your hand, that the uh, according to this, the Philadelphia Eagles are minus two million, uh, minus two point eight million. Uh, there's ways, uh, as Howie Roseman <laughs> proves every year, you can, you can move the money around. You can figure it out, is what I'm getting at, Rhett. Yeah, and if you're looking at, at teams in terms of pressure percentage that that could use a little bit of a bump. Um, you know, Bucky, I'm kind of looking at your Jaguars. Obviously, Josh Allen's played really well this year, but what if he got a running mate with the way mm-hmm. that the Jags have been playing as of late? What if the Falcons, you know, who have an inside track at winning the NFC South division, found a way to get some pressure on the passer? You know, you know, we talk about the guys like, you know, Montez Sweat and, you know, I think Daniel Hunter's out of the mix now, as we as we kind of been talking about. But a Chase Young. Uh, what about a Carl Lawson? Um, you know, guys like that that just mm-hmm. haven't. You know, haven't done a lot for the teams that they are playing for right now, but have some of that talent. Um, I think the Jags and the Falcons could be interesting plays there for an edge rusher. Yeah, good, good spots. I mean, like <laughs> well, here's my being Go the thing. I mean, like no, you just talking about because right now I'm just thinking like with the Falcons, you have Calais Campbell who just got his. I think he notched his 100 sack a, a week or so ago. They yep. really don't have anyone that really scares you. I mean, like we like Grady Jarrett, yeah, but, but yeah. they need someone off the edge that can get after. Like yeah, someone that can. Can, can dominate off the edge because if everyone is, if we're taking a baseball type approach or an NBA basketball type approach, yeah, you're looking for that missing piece that can help you over the last nine games to get you over the hump. The Falcons need a pass rusher. They could definitely use that. All right. I think we're missing something here, guys. I, 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 I'm looking at this stuff. Let me give you some information here. You know, the team that has the most salary cap space right now, it's the Who's San that? Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco okay. 49ers. Okay. We've Jerry talked, Judy, we've come on down. Forever. We've, we've talked about it forever, about the collision course that the 49ers and the Eagles are on, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's go back to last year. What, what does Kyle Shanahan do? He goes out and gets McCaffrey, and that took their offense to another level. You look, the Eagles already made their move. They went out and got Kevin Byard, you know, a, a multi-year Pro Bowl yep. safety to fill a void for them. So they've made their move. It's time for a counter move. And when you look, I was looking up the 49ers draft picks next year, you know, because they've made trades in, in, over the last few years. They mm-hmm. have a one, a two. That with with two comp threes, they'll have three threes. They have a they have two fours. They have two fives, two sixes, and a seven. So you have a team that's pushed all their chips all in. You've got a quarterback on a rookie deal. You've got the most cap space. The team that you're on a collision course with has already made a move. I don't think this is going to be a tiptoe move uh, for Kyle Shanahan and for John Lynch. I think they do something big, man. They they are all in right now. So to yeah, me. I don't know who the biggest name you want to come up with. We talked about wideouts. Maybe get somebody can take the top off. I don't. Is that Sutton? Is that is that Jerry Judy? I I, I don't know. Is there somebody bigger out there? I mean, McCaffrey's is is darn as near as big a name as you can get, and they went and got him last year, Buck. I mean, I I think we're missing something with this team. Keep an eye on the 49ers because it doesn't feel like this is a team that's going to go quiet. This feels like a team that's ready to make a big bold move. Yeah, so if you think about big, bold moves, I mean, there are a couple of ways that you can look at it. If you look at it at the wide receiver position, uh, what about the KG veteran down in Tampa who's not happy with his deal, Mike Evans? Mike Evans. Look, you talk about a rental. Great one. Um, yeah, a rental mm-hmm. agreement where they can take him, put him in the mix, give him another big body. You talk about that 11 personnel package and how you have to defend that with Christian McCaffrey in the running game. That certainly would change it. Um, the Niners are always interesting because you talk about the arms race that is the, the battle between the Eagles and the Niners. When Niners, when the Eagles went and got Kevin Byard, it is almost a man. You need to have a checkmate move, move if you're the 49ers. Don't know what that is, but it has to be something big because right now you look at the Eagles roster, 
with Julio Jones, who, who is not the same player, but they are certainly going up. They're trying to load up yeah. for Bear when it comes to the postseason run. Yeah, Judy. So, I mean, those are the names we've been talking about for months. It feels like. Um, what, what about Marquise Brown? What about Hollywood uh, in Arizona? You know, obviously they've been competitive, but I don't know that they've got playoff designs here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's definitely a guy that gets up and down the field pretty quickly. I don't know if that if that strikes you as the uh, you know as that kind of haymaker trade that you're talking about, Deech. But just kind of thinking about other wide receivers out there. I don't. I don't know. Um, you got any others in mind? Yeah. Well, I mean. It- well, the only other thing I can think of is I'm just looking through the list and, and research did a great job. And I'm, I'm, uh, I think Drew might actually be research on this project, but uh, yeah. with a bunch of names that have showed up in different articles, right? Just different names. Well, the most talented mm-hmm. player that we've seen show up on these lists is Brian Burns. So even though I'm thinking offense and they're going to try and do something to juice up the defense, offense, maybe. maybe it's just, hey, what are you going to do? And we've got Nick Bosa on one side and now we've got Brian Burns on the other and we've got Hargrave and Armstead inside like. Maybe that's what they do, but they've got the assets, they've got money, they've got picks, and they're all in. So that's the, you know, maybe that's the biggest name uh, that I can come up with on this list, Buck. But it just feels like there's no way we get to uh, to Halloween and the 49ers haven't done something. It just, there's no way. No, there's no way. And even if you talk about it, you talk about a rich getting richer. The one thing that we saw play out with the Philadelphia Eagles and knocking off the Miami Dolphins was the depth of their front line. Well, when you think about the 49ers, as you're proposing, maybe Brian Burns coming over. Remember, they added Randy Gregory. They brought some other guys over there. Like it, it's, it's the battle of my team has more depth, so we're going to wear you out no matter what. Injuries, uh, stamina, whatever it takes, we have enough to do. And so the Niners are certainly in that position. But let's think about uh, – you talked about Hollywood Brown, Rhett. Let's think about the yeah. Buffalo Bills and how their offense has kind of been kind of static. Why not put Hollywood Brown out there to maybe give them some more juice to create some opportunities down the field yeah. for Josh Allen? Because the only way the Buffalo Bills are going to win, they're going to have to start outscoring people. We're about to see Josh Allen become that one-man show again. Well, if we're going to do it, let's give him some firepower that can take advantage of some of the one-on-one looks on the outside. No, yeah. I, I like that idea. Uh, get a little more of a vertical speed there. Uh, you know Josh Allen can throw it over the moon, so that would make a little sense. Uh, we'll talk about this trade deadline. That is a week away. Also, a week from now, uh, we've got a little international action. Uh, this November, Sunday morning football debuts in Frankfurt, Germany. On NFL Network, first on November 5th, the Dolphins take on the Chiefs. Then on the 12th, the Colts face the Patriots. Rise, shine, and watch only on NFL Network and streaming on NFL Plus. Um, all right, guys, let's uh, let's get to the rookies. The rookie draft last week. The results. Um, it w- look. I feel good about it. I've got uh, I got seven points. Got three from Kincaid, the tight end. Uh, I got one from Puka Nakua, a second place spot there. And then McLaughlin. I don't know. I feel bad taking these three points because Bijan Robinson should. barely played and Zach Evans didn't play. But I'm going to take them regardless. Uh, Buck got three points for Addison on Monday night. Um, he got the one for Bijan, and then Rhett, you got the one point for Laporta, a little second place on the tight end uh, finish there. I, I got past Buck. I think we're still neck and neck. I think we're distancing ourselves a little bit from mm-hmm. Rhett. Rhett, you're going to have to plenty of time, boys. You're going to have to step plenty your game up of time. this week, man. You're going to have you're going to have to step your game up. But I want to talk about one of the guys from last week, which was Dalton Kincaid, yeah. uh, who scored me a bunch of points. Mm. But with Dawson Knox hurt now, Buck. It feels like Kincaid, who had eight catches in that game, uh, he's got a chance to really start getting going. He's, you know, he missed the game. I believe it was a concussion. I, I feel like this is him kind of settling in. I think he could he could get on a little bit of a run here. Yeah, it's time. It's time for Don Kincaid to be a major player for them. And what you like about Kincaid, he's outstanding route running. He is working 
over the middle of the field and really controlling the middle. And with all the attention that defenses have to pay to uh, Stefan Diggs, it really creates a, a huge void. And we saw that as this chemistry and connectivity uh, continues to be established between uh, Josh Allen and Kincaid, balls are going to head in his direction. Without Dawson Knox, he has to be, I would say, the second uh, in line when it comes to the passing game. Yeah, I think Dalton Kincaid is about to explode when it comes to the numbers, the production. All right, I've, I've got I've got two bits of good news for Rhett here. Number one, okay. um, there's no buys this week, no buys. So you've got your choice of all the rookies. You're not missing anybody. Uh, we're gonna we're not doing the quarterbacks, mm-hmm. by the way, because of uh, the injuries that we've had there. So we're gonna go again with the running back, wide receiver, tight end, and Rhett. The other piece of good news is you get the first pick, man. No pressure, no pressure uh, here. By the way, uh, you know I think the the fact that you guys didn't want to go quarterbacks this week is just straight up cowardly. I was a hundred percent ready oh, to Bajent? take Tyson Bajent with the number one pick. Okay. Uh, after what he did this last week, you're going okay. up against your chargers here, Deej. So, you know, the fact that yep. you guys don't want to do that, totally fine. I get it. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll adjust and we'll go back to wide receiver, tight end running backs. Um, so I don't think I have to take the tight end number one this week. I think we've shown now that there's a couple of tight ends that can make some moves here. Um, I, I don't know what to think about Bijan. Obviously, you know, he's been the number one pick. I feel like almost every week had the headaches last week or whatever it was. Didn't play. Do I trust him? Gosh, that's a tough one, uh, especially with the way that Jordan Addison has been playing with uh, with Justin Jefferson out. So I think I got to go Jordan Addison here with the number one overall pick, boys. Oh, nice. Wow. All right. Changing you're going to go Jordan like, man, Addison. Kind of fantasy number strategy. one pick. That's what we're doing. Yep. I like wow. that. I like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you it. what. I'm gonna. Uh, I feel good about the receiver options that I've got left. Um, yeah, running back is a little bit of a crapshoot, so I'll just. I think I'm gonna wait on those two. Mm. I think I'm gonna go back to the well that took I, Dalton Kincaid took care of me last week. I thought he was the best tight end coming into the draft, and it's looked like he's starting to now get into a groove. Laporta has been awesome uh, throughout the whole year, but I think Kincaid's getting get ready to go on a run. I'm gonna go with uh, Kincaid from Buffalo as my tight end. Woo! All right, tight end. Oh man, that's great, man! If this happened, you got to run up the card real quick. Bijan Robinson, we're taking him right <laughs> okay. away. No matter what the doubters say about you, it doesn't matter. We're taking him. You fall to us. We appreciate you being there. And then look, the, the, the tough thing is trying to figure out which wide receiver to go. Let's go out on the limb, and I'm gonna go with Jackson Smith and Jigba being able to take a bigger okay. We saw him get a touchdown. He had an opportunity. So let's bring a new name into the mix. Give me JSN. Let's do it. Do it for the people. All right, I like that uh, new, new name uh, coming off of a nice a nice game. I mean, I I have to take I have to take Puka. I mean, he's he's been good to me. Yeah. Um, I feel like Rhett still thinks like he has some type of ownership here, um, which is not <laughs> true. But uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Puka. I'm gonna go with Puka here, Rhett. You got two more. Yes, I do. Okay, so all the receivers have been taken. Um, so I get, uh, let me see, I'm going to go. I liked what Jameer Gibbs did last week and actually started him in some uh, actual fantasy football leagues. So um, with the Raiders coming to town on a Monday night, I'm, I feel like I'm going to go Jameer Gibbs as my runner. All right, and then I need a tight end. So give me the double stack. Give me Laporta. Right there. Gibbs and nice. Laporta. Big Both on the Lions. Lions. This week. Stacking them. Let's do it. Big, Getting back wow. on track Big against on the Raiders. Lions. Um, all right. Um, Let yes, me. Uh, yes, oh, yeah. Great. I love. I feel great about this. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. Last week, you know, people say, oh, you know, maybe the other running backs didn't play. You know, maybe you, you don't give him the credit for those big five uh, points that he got me. But I, I, I say no. I say Jaleel McLaughlin wow. gave me three points last week. 
and playing against a Kansas City Chiefs team that I expect to uh, to get out to a little bit of a lead in this game, oh, we're going to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. Uh, I'm going to go with Jaleel are, McLaughlin. Are you, did uh, you just the pick the same team you had last week? I think I did. He I did. did right back. Wait, I, I had King <laughs> he, he went back to back. He went, uh, put, he went, yeah, he went same back. squad. Uh, why not? It's not broken. All why right. would I switch it? No. Lucky, why hey. would I switch my names? They all delivered. Good for you. That's wow. big. Look at, Go look ahead, Mark. Right, Buck closes us down. Um, well, look, we're coming off a disappointing performance. The, the Raiders got absolutely obliterated by the Chicago Bears. So let's see if we can get the tight end more involved. I know we had Brian Horry last week. Hopefully they'll do the right thing. If it's not Jimmy G, it's Aiden O'Connell. So maybe the ball can find the hands of some would-be playmakers. Let's go Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Let's see him do something for the Raiders. And let's see if he can get it done for me. Go back to the world. By the way, do you notice, once again, uh, a guy who has no pride in his school? I mean, Josh Downs just puts up big numbers last week. And oh, Buck shoot. just refuses to take just, him. He just, just didn't want to do out it. There. I mean, good night. Well, it's not, I hope it's not his fault. It's Garner Minshew's fault. It's Garner Minshew's fault. I don't like the quarterback. <laughs> well, I just tell you this. Because even with Gardner Minshew. I mean, yeah. if we had the opportunity okay. to choose individual defensive players, oh guys, God. I'd 100% choose PFF's highest-graded linebacker last week in Micah McFadden, okay? Absolutely would do it. So <laughs> um, I think next week, that's what we should do. We should do an all defensive rookie draft, DB linebacker and defensive oh, lineman. Okay. What do you think? Oh, okay. You got to find I, a scoring I, system. I'll tell you sacks, what. PBU's tackle. Well, Mike is not a rookie, yeah, though, so I guess I couldn't do that. But um, That doesn't work. But um, <laughs> I do again. like that background better than the shadow than the shadow game that you had going on, Rhett. So I do oh, like the background come on. there. No. That's, that's, that's oh, much right, a big back. upgrade. Uh, how about that? We're back. All right. Yeah. All right, this is uh, this is going to be a big week for us. Uh, we'll see how this uh, this uh, rookie draft pan, uh, pans out next week. Uh, I've got a little tiny little baby lead right now, but I like Bucky's draft. I could be in trouble. Well, thanks for checking us out today on Move the Sticks. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, we're here each and every day, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Uh, another new show coming your way tomorrow, and uh, hope you'll join us right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.